Welcome to the Fearless Warrior Podcast, a place for athletes, coaches, and parents who know the value of a strong mindset. I'm your host, Coach AB, a mental performance coach on a mission, former softball coach, wife, and mom of three. Each episode, we will dive deep into all things mental performance, mindset tools, and how to rewire the brain for success. So if your goal is to gain the mental edge and learn the secrets of mental performance, you're in the right place. Let's tune in to today's episode. Coach Horton is in his fifth season at the helm of Papillion La Vista South Softball. He's in his 14th year as head coach and 23 years in fast pitch. I've had the opportunity to coach alongside Tom and his team as a mental performance coach. What I love most about working with high school athletes is the ability to support coaches as they build their culture and chase really big goals in such a short span of time. Here in Nebraska, we are one of the few states that softball is a fall sport. It's a grind, and it lasts about eight weeks and 10 weeks if you count preseason and postseason if you make it. Which is so cool because today we talk about that, how Papio South has made it a new program standard to be a contender in the state championship. We break down the skills we worked on to make that possible, when it started clicking with this team, and how they ultimately took ownership of it and made it their own. So if you're a coach and you've been curious about how mental performance works, how to get your athletes to be all in, and what kind of results it can create, keep listening as we peel back the layers to give you an inside look of it all. Let's jump in to today's episode. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to talk with you today. I know you and I have had lots of really cool conversations uh, after practices in the parking lot over the phone. And so I'm just really excited to talk about all things mental performance and softball um, here in Nebraska. We're gearing up for, for high school season in the fall. And yeah, give us a, a snapshot of who you are, how long you've been coaching. Uh, and where you're coaching at and what's next. All right. Well, um, I'm at Papio South High School. I'm going into my fifth season there. Uh, 14th year as the head coach in the Metro. Uh, 23rd year in fast pitch. Um, this this season uh, is going to be a, an interesting growth season for us. But we graduated eight seniors last year, so we've got a lot of things to replace this coming up season. But, uh, you know, the kids have done a great job this summer. You know, they show up and they work hard and, uh, we've been able to, you know, put a lot of place or pieces in place to to be ready to go this fall. So it's going to be great. And for those of you guys that are listening, Nebraska, I think we calculated is an eight week season. If you take out preseason and postseason, it is hard and heavy. It is. It is very intense. Well, we'll play anywhere between thirty two to thirty six games in those eight weeks, and we get that ten day window of practice at the very beginning, and which includes a inner squad and a jamboree game now and uh so it's not even all just practice games or practices but um yeah once we hit the ground running there's not a lot of not a lot of wiggle room for growth after that so yeah well let's jump right in you mentioned the jamboree game and i know i gave you crap for that as a you know we we have all these these games that we start more than any other sport is volleyball has a little bit of breathing room and then we jump right into it Talk about one of the first conversations that you and I had had together where, you know, we were discussing mental performance. You wanted me to come in and do some sessions with your team. Talk about that um, internal dialogue and that dialogue with me of, oh, man, do we sacrifice physical practice time? You and I had decided to start in the classroom. Can you talk about that internal struggle as a coach of 
man, we're so used to physical, physical, physical. Every every minute of every practice plan is planned. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, you know, it got to a point where um, we were just wanting to allow our students to focus on the mental side and the confidence piece of it. Um, and we wanted to give them an opportunity to, or uh, even an edge, really, um, in their performance. And so we thought that, hey, this was going to be a good place to start and get into the classroom. And I, I've always kind of done classroom stuff for oh, about 10 years or so, as far as like in the summer and the off season and where we have conversations of, of leadership and what the team's going to look like. Um, but to do it like building up to the season and in season, you're right. It, it was kind of like, a okay, we're wasting time um, <laughs> not being on the Air field yeah. and, and getting and getting our reps in and all that kind of stuff. And um, but it it really gave the players a great opportunity and great uh, dialogue was what we found as the season went on um, in that practice that you came out and ran for them and. And we started behind the shed and had the conversations and came out and we did the failure failure drill. And then we came back and had the conversation, you know, like essentially one drill for like an hour, you know, was, was one deal we we're doing. But, um, you know, again, it gave them um, a real world um, experience to see that failure piece and then to be able to apply it right away. Um, which for our game, um, as anaerobic as it is and as long as it is, it's still explosion at times and they need to be ready to go and their last uh their last rep or hit or ball hit to them could have been an error and they've got to learn to let it go because they might get the next one or they might not get it for 20 minutes and then they're going to sit there and dwell on it and again they've got to learn to release it and so uh working with you has been it's been awesome in the dialogue that we're able to have with our players um at practice or in games or whatever and and we start moving things forward. You know, I know at some point, you know, we'll bring up the fatty baddies. Um, yes. You know, and that was the, the girls were able to to name their their positive um, personality that got them moving and, and being in that zone. And, you know, for years, you've heard people kind of talk about that, like being in a zone. What's that mean? Um, I think working with you and, and what we've been able to do with these kids is being able to uh, get in that zone is great. But they recognize when they're not in that zone. They recognize when they're in a negative mindset and then it helps them work through it a lot quicker. Um, and we've seen it. We've seen it on the field and we've seen it through a season and kids um, get their growth piece of it. And, and they're not necessarily the same at the beginning of the season that they are at the end of the season because they've worked for so long. So it's it's been a good experience. Yeah, I love that common language. And when you're talking about that, the conversations that you and I have had of not just as, you know, I'm not just teaching the girls as a coaching staff. You guys are kind of morphing how are you coaching can you kind of talk about we'll, we'll just dive into that conversation of you know seeing you at the state tournament this past year and the, I will never forget this you said hey did you know that our state shirts were orange and that was such a cool moment for me because we had talked about personality colors in the conversations of you know if your entire team is quote-unquote an orange personality but you yourself are a gold coach Talk about those conversations that you and I have had about how has that changed how you and your staff coach your girls? Uh, you know, so you'll hear a coach say all the time, every team is different year to year. They're always different. And I think one of the things for us was when we did the personality test and we saw where we were at and everything and, and I'm, I'm very structured. You're right. I'm a gold and, um, we come to practice, we do our work, we get done and we move on. 
And I had a lot of oranges the last couple of years and, you know, they need music at practice and they want to mess around a little bit and they just, they need to be, um, not necessarily less structure, but they just, it does have to be a shade more fun, like for them to like stay engaged the entire time. Um, yeah, it definitely changed the way, uh, practice plans happened over the last two years. And this last season specifically, we were senior led, like I said, we had eight seniors. Um, the majority of them are oranges. And so we leaned into the wave and we just went with it. <laughs> and so our practice plans looked that way. They were a little bit looser, but, but on task. And, um, when we qualified for state again, that's, that's where the orange shirts came from. It was just, you know what? Hey, we, we adopted it. We accepted it and we're going to flaunt it now. And, and we got to the state tournament all wearing orange, but, um, yeah, it, it is really good. It's, it's also given me an understanding as a coach. And the fact that, hey, this is who I am. This is what I want to see. These are my results. However, they're not hearing the same thing as I'm talking to them because of the way they process and because of the way they look at stuff. And so it's given us an opportunity to identify our players and say, hey, here's my structured kid. All right, this is what we're going to do over here. This is kind of my, you know, free and loose kid. And this is how I'm going to have to talk to her and and address her and and get through stuff. Um, As a pitching coach by trade, I know all of my pitchers are a little bit different and it's a matter of going out to the circle and, and knowing, do I need to tell a joke to one kid and getting her to loosen up? Do we need to get more serious with another player and be like, Hey, this is our performance and our expectation and just how they're going to respond. Um, this gave us that on a bigger scale, um, being able to do that with all of the players opposed to just like very specific individuals. So, um, yeah, it's it's been interesting. It's been good to be able to make those adjustments. I think practice was fun last year. I think uh, one of the things the girls really enjoyed, um, so our team last year was they knew their jobs. They were senior-led. They were veterans. And so it wasn't about showing up to practice and being like, all right, here's the game plan. This is what we're going to do. And we're going to get through it. Um, they knew what they were going to do. They knew their jobs. So I started every practice with a dad joke. Some were good, some were bad. <laughs> and they let me and they let me know they were they were very good about critiquing all of my jokes um but um uh it it allowed us to start practice that way with a bunch of oranges that needed to laugh to get moving forward and and to have fun through practice so um yeah it's just those little nuances is what's going to allow us to be successful so and if you were a time traveler and you could go back to tom five years ago or even 10 years ago you probably would have looked at yourself like you were crazy. You would have never guessed that that's how you would have started practice. I can I tell you. Yeah. So there's, I tell people all the time at 14 years in, I said, there's, I would not coach. I would not have coached this way 14 years ago. And, um, you know, players have changed and times have changed or whatever, but, um, yeah, you know, I mean, every older coach uh, can go back and say that they're like, ah, oh, man, I was, I was inexperienced or man, I should, probably shouldn't have been doing that, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. But, um, you know, those guys, you know, back then, again, it was still just about that structure and that's who I was, my way or the highway, it is what it is. And, and, you know, now, now I think that just being able to communicate and have that, that good, uh, communication with the players is huge. Um, I think one of the things that we focus on and, and, uh, maybe we'll talk about it later, but it's just a confidence piece for some of our athletes. Um, I have some really good athletes and they don't, they don't see that. And so us being able to have those conversations of, you know, no, this is what you do well. And then recognizing that that what they do well, again, it's that communication piece that we're able to build on. So, 
Yeah. Well, and it's the culture that you've built that a lot of the programs that I've either coached myself or been a part of when I step into the classroom or step onto the field with your girls as their mental performance coach, coming into the fold, being a part of your staff to compliment. And I tell them, you guys really have a great coaching staff that cares about you. I think that that culture has become evident. Whereas in the first couple of years, they kind of looked at me like, yeah, yeah, sure. But I think they're starting to see that and having that, having that in your repertoire as a coach, I think speaks volumes because, you know, watching you from afar and watching you coach the end of season is truly bittersweet and watching you guys at the state tournament i see and hear those conversations from the girls and you want them to have those fond memories and i i don't think that that's the case for every program sure for sure yeah yeah go ahead so let's jump in i i had a note i want to talk about the past couple of years and um kind of the cool story that you guys have built which um you know, I, I suppose I should go back and clarify your school colors are blue. And so to have orange state shirts is kind of unique, but talk a little bit about, you know, go back to 2021. Uh, you had asked me to start working with your, your team and your program and having those, those skills and those realizations describe what, what made those a difference maker in your season. Um, you know, you and I have have kind of gone through some of the stats. You remember the stats better than I do, but but talk about twenty twenty one postseason. Um, so twenty one postseason. So uh, that year in itself was was really unique. Um, so we had started working together in the summer and, and throughout the season and everything, and um, things were kind of moving along. Season was going fine, and that was the year we lost our starting pitcher. Uh, to that car accident where um, her she had had that uh, leg injury, and so we were right in the middle of the season. And as I kind of told everybody at the time, it was kind of like building an airplane while we were flying it. Um, we didn't have a lot of time to you know shut down and rebuild. And, and even after the accident, where we had you know seven players one way or another were involved with that whole thing, like we had to play the next day, and so we had to have all of these conversations and a lot of the stuff that we had worked with. Um, with you and talking about just their identity and um, building that self too and jumping onto the fatty baddies and everything, what we were looking for and continue to build for helped us um, maintain a goal. And so going into districts that year, uh, I think we were seated overall somewhere 14th or 16th in the, in the state. Um, we were 14 and 16 overall. And um, we had... We had, I don't want to say length, but we had definitely, we had worked for every win we had gotten up to that point. We had, we had put a lot of uh, time and, and effort into, um, to be able to qualify for state around here though, we got automatic bids. And so we, as I told them going into it, I said, Hey, the only way we're making it to Hastings this year, which would have been our second year in a row is we got to win districts. And we ended up in the number one overall. Uh, district with Gretna, who was the number one team in the state, and they were sitting at 27 and three at the time. Um, I said, all right, here's our role. This is who we got to go through to get there. And what happened at districts really propelled into our 2022 season as well. It gave me a real tangible experience that I was able to give to the next year's team. We'll talk about that in a second. But going into it, I told them, I said, hey, you know, we have to win to go. We have absolutely nothing to lose. We're number 14th in the state, guys. This isn't, you know, nobody's expecting us to win this, okay? We're getting ready to play the number one team in the state. 
And we took a very um, aggressive, fun, um, what we termed later is our hashtag flex mentality. And we just played with it. Uh, we stayed completely positive. No mistake mattered. No strikeout mattered. No home run given up mattered. Um, and they played really free and loose. And it, it was really awesome to watch because, I mean, it, I mean, as a coach, you get to sit back and just like your athletes just played. And they went out there and they made big plays and they celebrated each other throughout the entire thing. Our dugout was completely dialed in. Um, Mariah, um, the pitcher who ended up with the leg injury, uh, she kind of became, so we have these inning boards um, in the dugout and it keeps scouting up boards and it keeps what we've done through the inning and all this kind of stuff. Well, she's also an artist on top of that. And so she started drawing all of these little things, these little stick figures flexing throughout this whole thing or whatever. And the players really jumped on board with all of it. And that was a big piece where we saw like our mental, our mental health and our mental uh, strength was going to be a big thing for us because we, we were talented, just like every team. We were talented, had that skills, um, but they really believed into them. And yeah, we jumped out on Gretna uh, right away in the first game. We we're like we we're up five zero. We hit a grand slam. Our our catcher had had really had a great offseason. She hit up her uh, sorry postseason. She ended up hitting like six fifty for the postseason between districts and state. And uh, and never looked back. Um, one benefit to us, I think, and I told him at the time, was like we actually didn't play Gretna in a regular season that year. Um, so it was a little bit unknown. And I was like going in, we hadn't seen each other or whatever. So um, we got to go in. Again, we played free and loose. And Ab Abby pitched extremely well, just kind of dominated the entire time. Um, yeah, it was it was a great experience for them to do that and to be able to qualify for state um after the season that they had kind of gone through uh was huge yeah. um and like i said i come back to the you know our hashtag flex which kind of led into the 2022 was that it was very tangible for those girls to see that like i said guys when we played this way we celebrate us and we celebrate our teammates and we celebrate you know everything we forget the negative stuff because negative stuff's going to happen errors are going to happen strikeouts are going to happen and when we just put that aside and accept that it's going to happen but then we celebrate the big things uh, we just, our, our dugout and our team, the positiveness that we just had through that district was, was huge. You know, and I wrote down the quote because Patty Gasso reminded me of when she was talking about after the World Series this year and said, unapologetic about the energy and celebration that you have. And I was like, yeah, that was us to a T. You yeah. Know? And, and I really like that. It allows them to play that way. So That's incredible. And, and having that buy-in from your seniors, <laughs> even from Mariah, who wasn't able to physically contribute, I think says a lot, but it wasn't something that we had talked about in that poignant moment of the season. It was something that they had prepared ahead of time. Talk about the identity of big fatty baddies and kind of get into that of the the mental skill that we're talking about here is self one versus self two from the inner game of tennis and using that as a tangible tool to recognize and give your athletes an opportunity to, to own that themselves and hold themselves accountable to recognize when they're not being in that identity and then be able to flip that switch, which for you guys is big fatty baddies. Yeah. So big, big fatty baddies, BFF. So they, uh, you know, they came up with that as that as a positive self too, that they were ready to go with. And the great thing about it was, was that they, they took ownership of it. They took accountability of it. And it was again, that language and communication piece to where they were able to talk to each other and be like, Hey, you're in self one right now. You need to take a minute and fix that. And you need to get back to big fatty baddies. 
And, and you could see it, you could see it as we walked through, you could see our, our dugout and their mentality. And, um, and we talked throughout the season, how we would see players, um, early on in the season and when they would struggle, they would isolate, they'd get down on themselves, um, you know, or, or it'll snap back at other players. And this gave us a good communication piece for, for them specifically with each other of, Hey, that's not how we're going to roll. Um, you need to get you need to get your mind right and move back into self too, and so that so that we can be successful as a team, and and they really they did a great job with it, you know, and and uh, that team specifically they were just able to um, uh, show us that growth piece, especially going into districts. Um, again, how we kind of talked about how they just kind of stayed positive through everything, even when errors did happen or even when that big strikeout did happen, they just okay, hey, let's go get the next one, and. That that went all season long, uh, especially coming back and kind of rebuilding the the staff a little bit after after the injury we had there mid season. Um, it, it it was a huge piece for them to understand uh, how to stay positive and get through that growth piece. I mean, get through the negative piece and get through the hard stuff. And because it happened, I mean, we definitely, you know, mid season we were we were losing some games that we probably wouldn't have um, normally. And, uh, you know, so they had to recognize that and they're like, okay, you know, we can, we can sulk or, you know, and check our stuff in or, or we can figure it out. And they did a really good job with it. That's incredible. And, and talk about, were there any moments where you, are these moments that you and your coaching staff overheard? Did you let them take some of the huddles? Like talk, like give us a behind the scenes look of that. Like, what is that? I, I would say as the season went on, um, especially at districts. Um, we gave them the huddles. Like it, it became, it became a situation where again, like that team, like they, once we got through everything, like they knew their jobs, they knew what they needed to do. Just like last season, they knew their jobs. They knew what they needed to do. And we let them control uh, kind of their motivation and their motor in there, you know? And, and so, um, all the time we're just like, Hey, I'll be here to help. I'll give you all the tools you need, everything else, but I can't start your motor for you. And so that's one of those things where they really, once they got moving, they were kind of unstoppable. So. So awesome. So building off of the 2021 season, now let's talk about last year, which would have been the 2022 season. Talk about the kind of turnover of those seniors. What does that look like in your program? I guess we're talking now about the season. I'm getting them mixed up. Talk yeah, about 2022. Yeah. I'm, I'm combining yeah. them. Well, so the great thing was, was that from 21 to 22, uh, we had all those juniors that then came into seniors, which is why, which was why the hashtag flex was able to come because I, I, you know, you saw it, you saw it at districts and, and, and they went into state and still, they still kind of played that way. Um, when we got to state, it was definitely like, uh, Hey, we're not necessarily supposed to be here. <laughs> and so, you know, there was a little bit of hesitation as they got through that piece of it, but, um, you know, coming into this year. Like I, again, I was able real early in our offseason meeting to say, guys, uh, this is how we played at districts. This is what you need to understand. This is how we play period from now on. It is a, it is a new identity stamp, um, for the program and we'll accept nothing less. And, and they, they jumped on board with it again. It was all, all eight of them had been starters the year before. And then, so now here they are starters again, and they were just, they were just able to roll, um, in fact, in my career, it's kind of nice because it's the first time I've had that many kids. I kind of stick around for, you know, one season or whatever between not graduating. And so um, on the coaching side of it, you know, we really were just able to kind of keep rolling. 
for two years straight. So is your answer, which is kind of the challenge we got this year because now they're all graduate. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, so moving into 2022, um, they, they took ownership of that. Um, they took ownership of Flex, uh, it became ourself too. Um, and so then that's how they played. And then they held everybody accountable on the field. Even our freshmen, our true freshmen, they're like, hey, we know that you're young and you're inexperienced, but this is how we play. So you need to step up to this. Like, you're going to be fine, but this is where we're going to hold you to this accountability. So um, it, it was great to see them grow through that piece of it. Um, yeah. and, and in a loving way. I mean, I think it's hard for them because yeah. they don't want to be the cranky senior, you know, right. the nitpicky senior. And so if it's an identity piece of, this is how we do things around here. It's not a he versus we versus she. It's just, this is welcome to the program. You're a freshman. Yeah. You want to hop on this bus? Hop on the bus. This is how we do it. Yeah, I know. It's great because we had, so I had, I had a very senior level third baseman last year. Um, she was locked down third for, for many years and she did a great job. Well, she had the freshman right next to her. And so we had those conversations with her. It's like, hey, this is your, this is kind of your job. You guys are same side of field. You're going to talk to her. You're going to keep her positive. You're going to keep her loose. Don't let her get into her head. Let her talent just do the job and don't think too much about it. You do all the thinking. Just make sure that she knows what's going on that way because your experience is going to be there to, to help her through that piece of it. Um, and, it. and they did a great job. They really did. It was, it was a nice blend. Um, and then on the other side of that, she was still a senior. However, she was a first year starter for us over at first base. And, but she was part of that class and she was part of that, that identity um, of about the flex mentality and same thing, just straight owned it and did a phenomenal job. This first year she had ever played first base. And, you know, the last five years I've been in South was one of our better first basemen. She did a great job. So, and all that came with her work and, and their mentality um, and being able to train team. Yeah, so. So awesome. So fast forward to 2022 postseason districts. Talk, talk about that. So we had a little bit better season, uh, um, you know, going into it. Uh, we're in the Miller North District. They're number four overall. Um, but we definitely had, we had a lot of hopes coming into this one. Um, so we dropped the first one. To, uh, well, we beat Bell East, and then we dropped one to Miller North on that first day. So we got to come back and go through the elimination days. Um, this is where our positive and flex mentality really came in. So it was kind of a nasty cold day. Uh, it was like 40 mile hour winds blowing straight in. I mean, it, it was extremely windy that definitely affected the game. We talk about it all the time. Um, however, our, our outfielders and, and defense in general just handled the wind and the ball and our outfielders made some absolutely amazing catches, um, throughout in the whole game. It wasn't any like one or two or three. Uh, they, they probably made 11 that made a huge difference in the game and they stuck with it. And we celebrated every one of them. I mean, it, it was just a matter of, like I said, they 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 played with flex, and that was their that was their self two identity that year. And and uh, they knew again we were still kind of in a position wild card point wise that we had to win districts to be able to go to state again. And uh, so they they knew the task at hand, and they showed and they got it done. They, they beat East the second day. They beat. Um, Miller North in a, in a dogfight in the first championship game. Um, the, and it was, it was definitely, say again. You had to push the if game. I mean, we did. Was, we had to push the if game. And it was definitely, um, you know, they, we had to play really well um, uh, to be successful in that first one. And then the second game, our mentality was there. It was flex. And, and we, we kind of took control of that second game really early. Um, 
Yeah. And so again, it was just them staying together and, and it was really nice for that group. I mean, they been together for a long time and, and, uh, we'll be able to graduate a very successful class. So. Well, and I think they could have very easily crumbled under the expectation of we've been to state. This is now a new program expectation. We are now in another tough district. How do we battle the elements? We dropped a game. We're in the loser's bracket. We're seniors. We don't want our season to end. I mean, there is pressure after pressure after pressure that was mounting that postseason. So to see them at state again with that class was really special. And they really, they didn't, and they didn't fold to any of that because of that self too. It's because they continued to believe in who they were and how they were going to play. And had we lost at the end of it, Okay, I, I'm pretty sure that the most of us, everybody could have accepted it because we played that way. Um, but because we played that way, they were able to achieve uh, that, that district championship. So, Yeah, and we won't get into the details of state, but I think that this, this, you know, even the way that it ended at state, I think they knew there was no doubt in their mind that they belonged, you yeah. know, whether it was, you know, eighth or runner up or they could have had that shot at state champions it was the fact of seeing them behind the scenes and the conversations when season was done of we have every right to be there standing in Hastings standing in the complex giving them hugs of we belong here was yep. just it gives me chills think about they, they did they absolutely earned it and and so I'll be honest with you this is the second game of the state tournament it was against Miller Norfolk and uh, it ended up being an absolute dog fight uh, I think the final was 15 to 14 um but I will again contribute their self to 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 that fight. They could have easily chopped it up. In fact, actually, we were the ones that went ahead early, uh, up six zero, and we just kind of saw it coming back. And we played each other four times at that point, a point in a week and a half or whatever. And so, you know, pitching and hitting, there was no secrets <laughs> left. It was just about performance at that point. And you know, I, and again, so it's kind of one of those where you know, yeah, we lost, but we can definitely walk away knowing that. They played hard. Mentally, they were in the game. They never at any second gave up. And, you know, when the time ran out, we just were on the, on the downside of it. So, Yeah. And now we have this expectation and we're going into the 2023 season and coming back, working with your team. Talk about the decisions that you're making moving forward. Knowing that season, by the time this airs on the podcast, yeah. season will have started. And so what's kind of your mentality going into this year? Yeah, gosh, by the time this airs, we might, we're going to be 10 games into the season. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, so so we did have a big turnover, right? We're going to be really young this year. Um, we're definitely going to be sophomore-led, probably looking to start somewhere between four to five sophomores um, in those positions. Um, having you come back in to work with them and, and uh, you know, we've kind of redone a personality test again this year, and, and our color changed a little bit. Yep. You know, so not near as many oranges. They're a little bit more blues and gold. So, so we get along a little bit better. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, they're they're still a they're still a very seasoned team. And the fact that you know they've got a lot of experience under them, uh, a couple of the kids that we're gonna our players we're gonna lean on a little bit. You know, did perform for us uh, quite a bit uh, last year as freshmen, and and uh, you know they're 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 finding their own identity uh, uh, to be competitive out there to hold each other accountable and. Um, we, we, even about mid season last year, we started talking about how when this year comes, like our teams couldn't be more far apart personality wise. They're just, it's 180 degrees. <laughs> um, so 
But these guys, you know, they show up and they've accepted it and they, they, they're looking to hold each other accountable, which is that big piece. Um, their confidence is there. Um, they know that they can do it. They, even the younger ones, they were there and they saw it. And so, yeah, it's an expectation to get to Hastings, but it's definitely not, um, it's not a daunting task for them. They just, that's when our season ends is when we go to Hastings. So, and, and nothing before that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for this season and continue. Uh, you know, we've had lots of classroom sessions, two classroom sessions already this summer. And so the next time I see you, we'll be at the scrimmage and um, talk a little bit about coaching and the decisions that you've made as far as, um, you know, intentionally finding times, even when I'm not working with your team to slow down, have them journal, maybe having a chalk talk where, you know, past Coach Horton would have, you know, I know you guys play Sandlot in the end, but those are all intentional coaching decisions. Talk about those decisions that you're making now as a coach. You know, um, the journaling is coming from um, our, our head cross country coach has been doing it for two years and he did a coach's clinic up with us. Um, this last spring and I listened to him and I listened to, he's got some, you know, pointed conversations that, that his, his runners do uh, pregame and postgame. And, and I really liked that because it gives our kids an opportunity to one, lay out their goals, uh, but then two, to sit down and, and reflect, you know, did I meet my goals? Yeah, maybe we lost, but um, you know, I met my goal. And so that's, that's kind of a, a big thing that I want them to understand because one-on-one conversations I have at times and I'll talk to a kid over the weekend. I'm like, Hey, you're out with your club team. How did you do this? And she's like, well, I didn't do very good. I said, Oh, well, what did you do? And she's like, well, I hit two triples, a double and a home run, but you know, we lost. And so, so we've been having those conversations. I've said, yeah, okay, you lost, which, which is a bummer. I said, however, you can't come tell me that you did a bad job when right. you went 700 for the weekend. Um, and so the journal in itself is that piece of it is that I want them to be able to recognize, Hey, I, I am doing a good job. Um, it's hopefully going to allow them to stay in that, in that self to up at the top peak in their zone, um, for a lot longer. Um, and that they'll be able to accept maybe some setbacks or failures without really looking too much into it. Cause I'm going to have 15 pages of success and I'm going to have one page of, yeah, it wasn't a great day, but okay. But I had 15 pages of success. And so, yeah, we've been using it a little bit different this summer. Um, and the fact that they just, they write down after like team camps or, uh, we do our PGMs on Monday, right? Our personal growth Mondays. Um, and then we'll use those as well, moving into our, our player meetings, uh, for the, for the fall. And then that way we've got same common, common language and they can really point to stuff. Cause you, you know, like you, you're like, oh, I need to go talk to somebody, but it's two days later. And you're like, I knew I needed to talk to you. I don't remember what it was, but. You know, here it is in the journal and we can sit down and have those conversations. But um, I just want those guys to be able to really, one, set their goals, but two, recognize that they're achieving, you know, whether whether as a team we're being successful or not, but them as an individual player, they are getting better. Um, and you're right. Ten years ago, not, not something necessarily on my radar uh, to be doing right. something like that. And and I think this is just going to give them an opportunity to one grow as an individual, but it gives us an opportunity as a team just to be more successful, you know? So. Right. Well, and even before we hit record today, we were talking about the difference of this generation really does have a lot more pressure of game changer and Twitter and recruiting and live streams of their games. And, you know, we had kind of talked about it's a, a, 
uh, quicksand slope, slippery slope, however you want to call it, of attaching their identity to their performance on the field. Can you kind of talk about how are you addressing that with your players? You know, um, I think the biggest thing is, is one, we just make sure all of our kids, like they know that we care about them, uh, whether they you know perform on the field or not. Um, I really do try to make sure that we have a conversation in the beginning and that, you know, whether you're a starter for me or not, um, you know, we care about you as an individual, right? You need to understand that like your, your personality and who you are as a person doesn't relate to what you do on the field. And so we, we address that and make sure that we kind of have those conversations and that they understand it. Um, you know, the social media part of it is it's, it's just more and more and more. Um, I mean, I just saw as recently as yesterday that there's a Colorado softball high school player that's got an NIL, um, you know, and so this thing is just, it's, it's out there and it's you know, going to show up in our sport. Everything goes from pros to college to high school and we'll see us in Um, But the big thing for them is, is that I want them to understand that when they come out here, one, we care about them, but two, they're representing something bigger than themselves. And so they get the opportunity to do that through, you know, competing, role player, uh, focusing on their growth as an individual so that when they leave the program, uh, I always want to be able to produce good citizens. And so when they leave, I hope that's what we want to do. Uh, yeah. And more than anything, knowing, hey, Coach Horton had my back, you know, and I, don't, I know that the dice doesn't always roll that way as head coaches. I have a couple more questions for you before we close out. And one of them is a, a specific question to you. And then the other one is one that I ask all my podcast guests. But the first one specific to high school coaching that, you know, as a former head high school coach myself, do you talk about what is one thing that you wish more players, parents, uh, other coaches out there? What's one thing that you wish more people understood about coaching? Great question. Um, you know, I mean, the time commitment piece of it, um, the fact that we really lose sleep over almost every decision we do make, mm -hmm. um, that we want to help all of our players grow and get better and to reach their fullest potential. Right? That's like that's like our number one goal. What people see, however, is what the product that we have to put on the field. And when we have to put the best nine out there, that doesn't always include player 11 or player 12 who who did, did everything we asked them to who played hard, who was in the weight room, who improved just like the other night improved and just, and just understanding like, you know, that we're actually all on the same team. It's not, you know, coaches versus players versus parents or whatever that we're here to help them grow as, as an individual. That That's a big piece of it. Um, you know, being able to, I think maybe a few years back, you know, I think, uh, volunteering was a little bit more common as far as like, you know, parents helping out and stuff like that. And, there just seems to have been more of a wall kind of built up between coaching staffs and parents and players and all that kind of stuff because a lot of people start focusing only on number one, you know, that, that one individual. Um, that's kind of the hardest thing I think we see right now. Um, and just know that, like, we're, we're literally trying to do our best, <laughs> you know, and put a good product on the field and take care of all of our players at the same time. And, and uh, just because your kid's not a starter doesn't mean that, you know, we've forgotten about them or don't care about them or whatever. It's just... At this point in time, that's that's where they're at, you know. And I guess lastly, there is that you know I tell people all the time, like one of the things I love about coaching high school is that we get a mix of kids and we get to represent our community. And I'll have a freshman and a senior on the same field. They're not like all eighteen U's or seventeen U's or sixteen U's or whatever. And we're putting the best nine up there, 
and giving them the best shot that they can. Um, I just really enjoy being able to do that, being able to enjoy to watch them grow over those four years and stuff. So um, if parents could just, you know, remember that piece of it sometimes that, you know, we're doing it for the love of the game and for the kids still, it's, uh, uh, it, it'd be nice. That would be amazing. Yeah. We all, we all need reminders. Cause I think it's easy. I mean, I, I lost myself as a head coach getting swept up in the X's and the O's. And so from a, a veteran coach to a, a former coach, I think that's one thing that I took away from you and watching your programs now on the other side of coaching as a mental performance coach is you practice what you preach and you really do care about your kids. And I think the wins and losses really do take care of themselves, which is, is cool. So, all right. Final question. You were a time traveler and you can go back in time and give your past self one message. What would you tell yourself? Relax. <laughs> uh, it, it all works out in the end. <laughs> it does. It uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I think especially early on, uh, um, when I was when I was at my former high school, I, I put a lot of time and pressure in on myself and even on the kids to to perform. We were we were trying to build a program over there, and uh, it just I really cared a lot about what what we looked like on the field and how that you know translated to wins and losses and everything else. And and I think the biggest thing is is that we can you know we can probably get more with less sometimes. Um, I mean I, I'm. I'm almost down to two hour practice nowadays in the fall. And, and if you talk to some of my alumni from the other school, it wasn't uncommon to go to three or possibly even three and a half hours <laughs> at some point. So, right. uh, you know, less is more. Um, yeah. I, you know, if I could just tell them to relax a little bit and, uh, you know, listen to the players and let them play, um, not control quite as much, it's, it, you'll be successful with it. So. Gold, gold advice. Coaches out there that are listening to this, I hope you are listening because I could have heeded that advice five years ago. Tom, thank you so much. As your girls call you, Coach Horton, I just really appreciate all of your mentorship and your friendship and sharing just your authentic advice and behind the scenes look of what it's been like to implement some of these mental skills. I know we are going to talk more about this on the podcast, but uh, the best place to follow you in your season, I know you guys are active on Twitter. If you guys want to follow um, your season, Twitter is, is the best place, right? Yeah, Twitter. We we It's the same handles, PLS Titan Softball, um, at, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, one more thing that I do, just make yep. sure that everybody gets the information out there. But yeah, it'd be a great time to follow. We should have a good season. It's going to be a great season. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. 